Welcome to Soul Talk. This is your host, Pastor Rick Qualls. We hope this is an encouragement to you as you walk with God. Hi, this is Pastor Rick with Soul Talk. We're glad to have you uh, uh, listening in today. Uh, This is a place where we talk about our souls and how we can grow as Christians. And today I wanted to talk a little bit about the future of the church. Now, you start getting into future things, and uh, predictions don't always come out. But there are three things that, uh, that I've been reading about from Carrie Newolf that I think are, are really going to take place uh, for churches that really want to grow. The first thing is that the church needs to deal with uh, personal ministry and digital ministry. Uh, sometimes in digital ministry, what churches do is they put their sermon on, uh, and that's about it. And really, uh, digital ministry needs to be a lot more than that. Uh, I can remember Dave way back when that people would drive up to the church parking lot and scout out to see how people were dressed before they would come the first time to church. No, you're making that up. I'm not no. making that up. I'm not <laughs> making that up. <laughs> then there are those people that uh, would say that the roof would fall in if they came in, and uh, they'd wonder if people would be overly friendly or if they could slip out before uh, anyone really saw them. Uh, it was a tough thing to check out a church if you were introverted in those days. But today, how do people check out a church? They get on the internet, they yeah. check out your uh, service that you've got, and they have uh, a good feeling for what they're going to find and the way that people act and behave uh, and the kind of message that's brought. Mm. Now, being online is great for content. It's not necessarily as good for relationships, and our goal is to move them from the digital area into the personal area. Now, how do we do that? Well, that's the, that's the big question that churches are going to have to, to deal with. Uh, content uh, can be put up, like the steps for baptism can be put up, and people can read that at their leisure and then have an invitation to, uh, to talk to the pastor. I think that's one good thing that can happen. Bible studies can happen for uh, a group of people, and they can text back and forth uh, their reactions. Another thing that uh, I was reading about a church that was doing was they had a computer uh, just reserved for text messages from people, uh, and they took prayer requests all the way through the service. And uh, whoever took that request stayed with that person uh, on the net and uh, uh, would pray for them and stay in touch with them. And I thought that was a great, great thing. Uh, they knew that they could call in and they would be anonymous, but that God uh, would hear their prayers as two people uh, prayed together. I think another way that we can recruit for digital ministries is to let people know um, what ministries we're doing. For example, if you're doing a food ministry, you can do some video clips, show those, and encourage volunteers. Uh, another thing that uh, can happen is ask people to give. 
people give to something that they're going to be invested in. So it's going to take some creative work, but we've got to pay attention to the digital audience as well as to the audience that's right in front of us. That's a lot of stuff. Dave, what do you think? What can the church do to uh, minister to a hybrid audience? Well, I think this uh, what we need to do transcends both of them, right? Yes. So you said personal. We don't do that well in the church anymore. And I think we could, you know, like, look, that we don't do relationship well. We could blame that on the pandemic. We could say, oh, it made us more homebody. We don't get out as much. We don't have more as we don't do dinner at each other's house as much. We could blame and say that was a pandemic. But really, I think it existed beforehand, our problem with relationship and the pandemic just exacerbated it. Um, So specifically, I think the sheep need to hear to know the shepherd's voice, which the shepherd in this case, anyone in ministry in the church, right? Um, we need to be doing relationship with each other. It can't just be us being around each other for two hours on a Sunday and an hour on Wednesday, right? right. There has right. to be more to it than that. And I think the way that translates into digital is I, like, I thought, I think the idea of the texting with just the computer dedicated for prayer requests, like, I think that's good. I think that's something I think digitally you need to, if, if you're in ministry, if you're the pastor, you need to get your face in front of people as much as possible. Um, like I understand that most churches don't have the, the technical things maybe to really get too fancy on the, the digital stuff. But honestly, I think if that's the direction you're going, you need to bite the bullet and get the equipment you need, hire a media guy, right? Um, I said this about social media a couple of years back during Mm -hmm. the pandemic when it was super important too. And this is the reason it's super important. If you are going to have ministry online, you probably need a social media person, like a yes. professional social media person. And I'm not talking like you don't got to spend, you know, you, ain't, you don't got to give them a hundred thousand dollars a year or anything, but you need someone who's dedicated to the social media aspect of your church, who knows what's, you know, what's uh, okay to post and what's not okay to post, mm-hmm. who has, who has like, who's just paying attention to it. Because here's the thing is the pastor can't pay to it. Right. Like they get, they don't have enough time for that. In fact, no one else in the church really has enough. I don't have enough time to do it for the things I control, mm-hmm. you know, in my life. So um, relationship is key. Pers- being personal is key in all forms. And yes. I think that's what we're lacking. Yes. I, I don't so. I don't know if I answered your original question. I just kind of yeah, started talking. I think you did. <laughs> I think you did. And uh, getting personal in a digital world can be a little difficult. Yeah. I uh, mean. But the churches of the future, if they're going to grow, are going to have to pay attention to that. I'm not going to lie. I'm introverted. And when the pandemic happened and they told us to stay home, I was just like everyone else on the outside. I was like, oh, this is incredible. I can't believe this is happening. But on the inside, I was like, oh, hot stuff. I don't got to see people. (laughs) I got a little (laughs) excited internally. That's the first time I've ever said that out loud. Wow. You heard it here first. (laughs) Okay. We'll take a break and then we'll come to the second thing in just a moment.
This is Pastor Rick, and we're back with Soul Talk. We're talking about three things that church, as we move into the future, will be needing to do. Uh, We talked about uh, dealing with the digital world uh, and how can we do ministry there and get people engaged in the mission of the church. This uh, section, we want to talk about uh, the experience with God. Uh, people want an experience with God. They don't want information about God. And much of what we do in the church is we share a lot of information. Information's important, but that's not what people are looking for. That's not what we need. We need transformation. Uh, George Barna came out with some interesting studies that said that three-fourths of Americans, get that, three-fourths of Americans are wanting more spiritual lives. Now, the church needs to hear that, and we need to respond, because uh, when they say spiritual, they don't understand exactly what they're meaning, and so they go through a smorgasbord of activities and things to try, and they put together their own little religion, and that's, uh, that's not helpful for them. They need to get uh, to know the truth, who is Jesus, and that's up to us as followers of Jesus to make sure that uh, they hear. Uh, that's the only way that they're going to experience a transformation. I think people have been all shook up about stuff going on, starting with COVID to um, the racial things that have been going on, the war in the Ukraine uh, with Putin suggesting that he's going to use nuclear weapons. I hear that, and it, it sets me on edge uh, as I think about the Cold War. Uh, People are looking for transformation, and you can't manufacture an experience with God. It has to be God moving, and we try to manufacture it with exciting, wonderful music, uh, by turning the lights down on dim. You know, all those things are okay, but what's really needed is a movement of the Spirit of God in people's lives, and that's only going to come by being open by being repentant and learning how to wait and to listen to God. So, Dave, what do you think about all of this? Well, I mean, you said it there at the end. Um, everybody wants to experience God. I think every Christian would say, well, I just want to get closer to God, and I want to, I want to be in contact with him, and I want, I want to be intertwined with the Spirit, and all of that says, all the things we say. And I think the, the, the revivals you've seen around in these colleges um, – they remind us of how that's possible in almost all the eyewitness accounts, the professors at Asbury who wrote about it or said something about it. They all said the same thing. It started with, with humility and repent, humility and repentance. So if, if, if what we're asking is, well, how does the church help people experience God? Um, I think as the church, we got to convince people to one, shut up, to mm-hmm. shut up. I mean, every conversation we see every conversation as, Oh, here's another way. Here's another way I can show people my rightness. So you got to turn off our, we got to, we got to be able to convince people to turn off their self-righteousness because it's killing us. Um, and, and instead humble ours, which is more of seeing every interaction with someone or every interaction where people are having a discussion about something where instead of, I can't wait to tell them how right I am. Uh, we start off with the question, what does it mean if I'm wrong? What does it mean if I'm wrong? I'm, I'm in the wrong. Um, and then finally we got to convince people to repent because here's like, here's the, here's the answer, Rick. 
once we start off every interaction with thinking to ourselves, what does it mean if I'm wrong? The answer to that question is you are, you're broken. I'm broken. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And that will change your outlook and allow us to repent. Once we admit that we're broken and that we can have that humility, then we can start this very necessary um, time of repentance. And I can see my brokenness so clear. And, and Rick, that's when revival happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've all said it. The, the carpet at the front in the altar area of Asbury, they've said is damp with tears because these students are repenting. And this is like, that is how we experience God. We have to get quiet long enough and to get humble long enough so he can get close to us. Because he can't yell at us. That would kill us. Yes. <laughs> He's got a whisper. He's got a thunderous voice. He's got a whisper and a still small voice. And we're not going to be able to hear that unless we can shut off our self-righteous thoughts. Yes, I agree completely. <laughs> I agree. The other thing is I think we get confused about an experience with God and an experience with God. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the little lady who watches the kids in the nursery during, she is living out experience of God with the little one. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that doesn't mean. And I mean, don't think people see that. Yeah. That doesn't mean I, I think the bomb, big bombastic experiences of God aren't, right. aren't real. They're not experiences. Right, they are. I just think we're missing out on all these other ones. We want revival so badly that we forget revivals happening all the time. We just don't slow down and get quiet long enough to understand and realize. That's it. That's it. And then when we understand and realize that we can actually take part in it, which is the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And we need to know that God is working around us all of the time. There's not anything in your life that happens that he doesn't know about and wants to use to orchestrate into your life to bring good. Okay, well, we'll be back in just a moment for the third section. This is Pastor Rick with Soul Talk. We've been talking about the things that the churches of the future are going to need to do. Uh, They're going to need to know how to deal with uh, a hybrid audience, those that are personal and those that are in the digital world. Uh, We're going to need to help people experience God and understand how that happens. And it happens by being open and repentant and listening. Listening, that's a, a forgotten art. Uh, that's one of the most important things in your spiritual life is learning how to listen. What was that? I'm sorry I wasn't paying attention. I, I knew. <laughs> I knew I was going to have to repeat it again, Dave. <laughs> uh, the third thing that uh, the church is going to need to do is not expect people to come. We've got to go to people. Jesus didn't tell us to say, y'all come in now. He said, go. Go to make disciples of all nations. Find a need and meet it. Find a hurt and heal it. And when you do that, you are being Jesus to other people. So we look for groups of people that are having a need. In Matthew 25, Jesus talked about 
feeding the hungry, giving the thirsty a drink, taking strangers in, and the gift of hospitality. He talked about giving those that don't have clothes. Uh, He talked about those that are sick and ill and ministering to them. That's exactly what Jesus did in his ministry. If you read down through the Gospels, that's what he did, and that's what he intends for us to do. So go find a need and meet it. Dave, I know you've got a very interesting ministry going uh, with a group of folks. Why don't you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. um, Well, so it kind of is a tent-making venture, and um, by that I don't mean I'm actually making tents. I'm using a metaphor for what Paul did. Paul went out into the marketplaces of places where he was not a citizen and was a tent maker. And he did that to get around people who he knew he'd never be in front of for any other reason, right? These guys weren't going to walk into any of the churches he'd planted. Uh, They were merchants. This was their life. They were in this kind of area. And so uh, myself and a pastor friend of mine, we have a tent making venture. It's a podcast and it's called pop culture pastor. And basically, we just talk about pop culture. This really weirds out Christians that know us because they're like, wait, you don't talk about Jesus? I'm like, sometimes he comes up. But mostly we just talk about the TV and the movie and the books and the video games and the things we like in the pop culture world. Um, Just like Paul made tents. They were like, oh, you don't make tents with Jesus on them? Like, no, no, I just make tents. Sometimes Jesus comes up, right? Because he's Paul. Um, in the same way Paul leveraged a skill he had and a love he had for something, we leverage a love that we have of pop culture. We were both raised on pop culture. We just like it. To go to uh, to do this podcast, to get us into this crowd, then we go to Comic Con. And this is where the ministry stuff happens because we just talked a whole section about how do we reach these people? How do we reach people that uh, we're supposed to reach that probably aren't coming to church? And listen, Comic conventions, Rick, a largely younger generation, a large LGBT contingent or LGBT friendly contingent. These people are not going to step foot in a church. They're, they're just not. There's bitterness and there's all these things. And you would think that these are people that are not going to be able to be reached by someone in ministry. We have pastor in our name, the name of our podcast. But the very first comic convention we went to, we had hundreds of conversation about Jesus with these people, and we never brought it up one. Why? Because we had a common love of some. We used that to drop defenses. And then by the time by the time we got around to the pastor part, these people's these people understood they had relationship with us just enough for us to have a conversation, and they understood we weren't threatening. And we were able to to share who we were that we were followers of Jesus and, 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 and have discussions and have conversations. And, and like, look, that's what Paul was doing in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. That was why he was doing he's leveraging exactly. something that didn't look like church to do church. And that's exactly uh, what we're doing. So um, our podcast, you know, depending on your level of exposure to pop culture might be something you're not interested, in. but I guarantee you the ministry is something you would be interested in because this particular crowd, these listen, the way things are going, these folks will never step foot in it. And uh, they talk to us. So it's 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 a big thing. It's a good thing. And we love these. Mm-hmm. And we we want to just bring a light to them at these comic conventions we go to. Costs lots of money. We have to raise money, man. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, we don't have enough listeners to the podcast to make that happen. You got to have millions of listeners to start making money. But, um, yeah, that's what I do. I think that's fantastic. You picked out a group of folk. Uh, spotted a need and have jumped in there to meet that need. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it makes sense. We're pop culture guys. For right. whatever reason, that's how our lives went. And so these are our people. And yes. yet they're into things, some things that we're not into. Right. Um, but we want to look for the connections we have, not the ones we don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the connections we have are the ones we can play on to get close to them and to, to engage in relationship. And that's that we talked about this in earlier in the the show here. We got to stop being oppositional. Quit looking at the things that divide us and look at the things we can. Yes. And uh, the rest of us can learn from what uh, Dave and his compadre are doing. Uh, They are reaching people with whom they have a connection. And there's people that you have connections with that are in your sphere of influence that you can connect with and make a difference. And that's what Jesus has called us to do, not to just sit and ask people to come uh, to make our pews full. No, he's called us to go, and we've got to take that seriously. So take a look at what that might be like in your life, and I'm going to take a look at mine. This is Pastor Rick with Soul Talk. We're glad to have you listening. Uh, God bless you, and have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners. You can listen to this show live at KFEX 93.1 FM at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on most Mondays. Join us next time on the next episode of Soul Talk.